Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder over here at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, we're on here live every week, streaming to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel to answer your questions. Uh, this is an open Q&A, so anyone who wants to involve themselves and wants to jump in the conversation, please feel welcome. Um, if anyone wants to learn more and knows someone wants to learn more, please like, share this video, get this out to as many people as possible, because we are doing this. Um, just to hopefully be a resource to our community and answer some questions about um, technology, business, marketing, uh, or anything else you want to ask us about. Uh, we're doing this every week, every Wednesday at 11. Again, live streaming to our Facebook channel, our Facebook page, and our YouTube channel. So pick one or both, follow those, uh, find us at our uh, handle at WildmanWeb. Um, and if you have any questions here, you can throw those questions in the comments below. Or if you're catching this later, you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that email address scrolling below me here in that crawler in case you need it. All right, without any further ado, to introduce my partner over here, Mike. Mike, how you doing? I am doing fantastic, Miles, but I'm hoping to get better. How are you today? I'm doing good. Been a good start so far. All right. I good got my hear. coffee. We're live. Got I've a new got camera. If people are seeing this, I, I'm yes. actually really excited about this. It's HD. The old camera I had, I think, was somehow older than electricity, um, and everything was just always grainy and weird. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of nerding out about this new HD camera. So you look great, Miles. I I want to tell you that. Oh, thanks. Uh, I got a haircut now. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I didn't get a new camera, but I, I knew you were going to look great. So I, I knew I had to step it up a little bit. So I, I got my haircut for the first time in about I don't know six or seven months. That was a big event in my life. <laughs> I've resorted to just the, the buzz trimmer and clippers and taking it over my, my head myself in the backyard. Uh, but yeah. you know, not that bad. I can happen. get away with it. All right, so like I said, this is uh, an open Q&A for anyone and everyone. So if you have any questions about technology, business, marketing, Facebook, websites, SEO, coding, uh, you just want to ask us how our day is and uh, throw your uh, questions in the comments below or email us, askwildman at wildmanweb.com. So I uh, wanted to start off the conversation with uh, a couple of questions I've been getting recently, a few clients we've been working with. Uh, to set up different types of membership-based communities. Um, so setting up uh, websites where people will come and they will sign up for a membership uh, to be part of an online community. This is uh, a lot of these have been paid communities. Uh, you're paying a monthly membership, an annual membership in order to gain, gain access to premier content. Uh, some of these are blogs, some of these are online courses. Um, some of these are just premier access to people um, or uh, you know more direct access to a, a group of people or something like that. There's a lot of different ways to sort of monetize this exclusive community style business model. And in the light of COVID, um, what's been going on the last couple of months, a lot of businesses, a lot of new businesses, as well as existing businesses are pivoting um, to this kind of model in offering their content exclusively online. There's a couple of different ways you can do that. Um, the first and probably easiest way to do that is to leverage social media. Uh, building up Facebook groups, for example, is a really great way to get uh, that sort of community going. Uh, obviously, you're not going to be able to monetize that quite as easily, but um, you can do you can do a lot with that and build this little community and hopefully pull people back into uh, onto your website or into a meeting with you or a conversation with you and maybe make a sale out of that or promote your business that way. Um, but as we've mentioned a lot of times on this show, 
there is an advantage to leveraging content um, and platforms that you actually own. Because while Facebook is great, and you know we're a big fan of Facebook over here being a marketing agency, super powerful marketing tool, um, you know they're in control. So they can change the rules tomorrow, and all of a sudden your group isn't as effective, or your reach is severely limited, um, or costs can skyrocket. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, and so it can be very advantageous to bring your audience back to something that you own and you, uh, you control 100%. Typically, we say that's, that's your website, um, that's a, an email list, can be another iteration of, of that, where you actually own that email list. Um, but an extension of that idea is this sort of membership-based website, where you can bring people back to your website and build a community that you completely own and control. Um, this is where you can start monetizing something. You can put out your own content. There's no restrictions um, as to what you can put out there or how you put it out there. No worries about, you know, someone, Facebook overlords, LinkedIn overlords, whatever, the other platform controlling or restricting um, how your content is getting out to your community. Um, so a lot of, a lot of bars lifted there, um, a lot of power to that. Uh, so. I wanted to see if anyone out there, anyone watching, you guys have any questions about this? Have you thought about starting your own online membership community, membership website? Uh, would you charge for that? Uh, are you giving something away for that? Uh, what is your what is your value proposition to get people to sign up for that? Um, and have you looked at, at how to actually go about doing that? Because there's a lot of different technologies, a lot of different platforms, website builders, content management systems, uh, programming platforms that allow you to do things like this and all of them have their time and place their pros and cons so if anyone's really thought of, of doing that please jump in the comments ask some uh, ask some questions jump in the conversation but I want to hand it over to you Mike for a moment uh, what are your what are your thoughts on these sort of online membership communities well I first I just want I wanted to stop you there and, and and point out the juxtaposition of what what you're describing with what we were uh, I'm sure it's still going on what we were seeing on the uh, on the television screens this morning coming out of Washington DC uh, and that was all the heads of social media platforms uh, being hauled in front of uh, I believe it was a Senate Oversight Committee uh, to answer questions about uh, you know some of these very uh, concerns that, that you're getting at I think in, in a certain way of how we can mediate them and that is you know yeah there, there are certain people there are certain uh, groups you know for better or worse I'm not, we're not going to get into the discussion of this is if this is good or bad here but uh, that are be deplatformed de or, or at least you know having their content uh, be demoted on some of these platforms and uh, and they're upset about it obviously and then it of course gets into the you know the whole discussion of well how are they coming down with these decisions is it being handed out evenly or you know is some uh, ulterior motive uh, happening and so you know there's already been you know of course for years uh, without much progress you know uh, discussions of people starting their social media communities and platforms and things like that and then you know and then you get into you know the whole uh, alternative media space, you know, and a lot of places have built out their own uh, uh, forums, you know, and membership places and things like that where they basically can't be screwed with, right? And I think that the same kind of principle can be applied to small businesses and even medium-sized businesses as well, and that is to create your own online environment where you're not at the whims of the big tech oligarchs, you know, for uh, for, for lack of a better term, uh, because, you know, as, as this thing progresses, of course, you know, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, you know, one of our biggest fears is that small businesses will be left behind. Uh, small businesses will not be able to keep up with, A, the technological changes, but even if they do have the technological changes in place, that they will not be able to compete with the big, uh, the big boys and gals. And so it, this is something that is, you know, we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but it's something that I think everybody should think of in terms of a long-term strategy of how can I create an online or, or virtual experience or virtual connection point with my customers that I control as much as possible from end to end. Uh, and, and I think that moving forward that that is something that is going to be very, very important 
Um, you know, like I said, even even if you're not doing anything questionable or nefarious or anything like that, I'm not, I'm not discussing that. I'm talking about what happens, as we've discussed before on, on the show, what happens when uh, I can voice search and I can say Google or Alexa or Siri order pizza. Is Rudy's going to come up on that search? No, right? <laughs> Is any small business going to come up on that search? No. That's going to be a world that is only controlled by Domino's, Pizza Hut, et cetera, et cetera, right? The huge mega five, Fortune 500 companies. And so that's why right now it is so important for small businesses to not only do what you're talking about, Miles, and that's create a virtual infrastructure, again, that they control, but also to build their brand. And this is where the marketing part of this comes in, because if 10, 20 years from now, whenever it's going to be, it could be sooner than that, it could be five. I'm sitting here and I say, Alexa, order me a pizza. I better damn well say, Alexa, order me a Rudy's pizza and have Rudy's plugged into my Alexa skills. And Rudy's needs to have an Alexa skill app plugged into their POS system that allows me to do that, right? And, and it all starts with this idea of I've got to be proactive and go out there and create something with the technology because these are just tools. They, they're, they're not themselves good or, good or bad, right? But as a small business person, medium-sized business person, I would be thinking I've got to be on the offense with these tools and creating something for me and infrastructure for me and not be on the defense and waiting for them to hand me anything because I'm going to be last in line. And I'm not going to get handed the same tools that Pizza Hut and Domino's and, and the Fortune 500 companies are going to be handed. So, Miles, I know I went on a little bit of a tangent there. That's okay. But I'll, I'll let you get back to what you were no, discussing. It's, it's but I think that that is, is where I would extrapolate these ideas if I'm thinking five plus years out into the future. And I don't think, you know, when, when we discuss things like this today, it's like a nice to have. You know, and I feel like it was like when we were discussing the need for somebody to have a mobile app five, seven years ago. And now when COVID hit, everybody was like, shit, I need online ordering. I need a, a mobile app, you know, and it was these things that five, seven years ago were a nice to have, not I have to have. And so I think that this is step is is having a platform that you control on the web that can be your customers can tap into 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year, wherever they have access to the internet and that you're not at the whims of a big, big company dictating how you can communicate to your customers through that tool. No, it's, it's, I think it's very interesting that we went that direction. Uh, well, first of all, apparently we have to be kind of careful about what we say here because we just ordered a pizza for Jeff via Alexa. Um, <laughs> So sorry about that. Um, hope it's your favorite. Uh, but also the fact that we, just, uh, for those of you who don't know how how our company works over here, I'm kind of the tech side, um, and then Mike is is the marketing strategist side of of the house. And so we really take a different uh, point of view, a different perspective on a lot of a lot of things. While we may be looking at the same thing, we're describing it very differently from those two points of view. Um, and I think that in a way we're kind of describing the same thing, but from those two disparate perspectives, um, and that is ownership, ownership of something in the online space, uh, especially in the context of small, medium businesses and during a pandemic and uh, as our technology is progressing here, it's becoming more and more important for you to own your company, own your business, own your brand online. Um, it's one thing to actually own the building that your business is in or have your, your lease set up and own your, uh, own your merchandise or own your, your, the, the goods that you sell. But now that we've moved into the online space, I don't think people realize how temporary it all is and that they're all just living on rented land. Um, so whether you're talking about your share of voice or your brand online, your uh, marketing or advertising efforts out there and what people know you for online, um, or you're talking about how you're engaging with your audience online, um, there is, there's a big advantage to 
owning that, to really owning that land and setting up on it. So that can be establishing yourself as a brand. So people are thinking of you before you even go to the search. Because uh, search is another thing that we're highly dependent on that we do not own, we don't control. That algorithm, I think, is wildly out of control in the realm of iRobot or something at this point. No one knows how that works. Um, so if you can get your brand to the point where people are skipping that search and just going directly to you, then that's something, that's a, a, a lane of engagement, a lane of business that you own entirely and is not dependent on any third parties. If you set up your own um, online membership base, if you set up your own website where people can go and they can engage with you on your own website, they can join a community on your website, on a place that you, you own, you control how the information is distributed out to your network and to your, uh, your followers, your, your customer base. Um, or your community, whatever it is for your particular business model, um, then that's again another means of really owning your business in the online space. Um, uh, we've all kind of maybe been uh, had our eyes opened recently as to how volatile it all is out there and how uncontrollable it all is from the pandemic to the Senate hearings this morning to um, all the allegations of of you know restricting certain uh, flow of information across different social media platforms and how all that works, all of a sudden we're all just brutally aware of uh, the, the lack of control that we have over all of these systems. Um, so again, I think we're both kind of attacking the same thing from different angles and that is owning your business, owning your brand, owning the means of communicating with your customer base online in the digital world. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Miles. And just to put this in, in a little bit broader perspective, you know, not you know what you mean by owning your brand is is also reverse engineering that and making sure that your audience is as engaged with your brand, understands your brand as much as possible. Because that really, you know, we can talk, we can sit up here and talk about tech and tools and widgets and all this crap all day long. But the most important thing and where everything starts is right here still, right? And still right there. It's still the three-inch playing field across everybody's forehead. It's still the mind. And the mind is still the most powerful tool. And it's going to be the most powerful tool. Damn those AI guys, you know, uh, I, for, for a long, long time, uh, in my personal opinion. And so... And so that's why brand is so important is because you can, yeah, you can skip the search. You can skip uh, all of these other technological advancements if you're a top of mind, you know, again, go back to the old, uh, you know, the 1960s. This is madman uh, advertising stuff, you know, that as we were talking about last week, you know, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. If you can create top of mind awareness with your audience and your product category, a lot of this stuff doesn't matter to you nearly as much, you know? Uh, but, but, here's the butt part. <laughs> That's not easy to always do. It's a long-term thing, and it takes a lot of skill, and it takes a lot of practice, and it takes a lot of hard work in order to achieve that. And it's going to be becoming more difficult. It already is becoming more difficult than, than it has in the past. And so that's something that we really have to keep in mind uh, in this discussion. And it goes back again last week to the, one of the 12 causes of advertising failure is the desire for instant gratification. And I had a customer the other day ask me, what is, what is the one, what is the most important thing that they should be concerned about with their business going into 2021? And I told them brand. And I think that the answer surprised me because they didn't see any direct sales or growth or you know what do you mean brand uh and and what i explained explain to them is what, what i'm explaining to you guys right now and that is this is this is the thing that over the long term is going to get you the most wins but it's also the thing that takes the longest in order to build and you always want to dig your hole or dig your well before you're thirsty right and this customer didn't need sales immediately uh, and I know this is fourth quarter and we're getting into the, you know, Halloween. It's like middle of fourth quarter. Everybody's in kill mode. And we're thinking sales, 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 sales. Take a step back and think about brand and think about that road to the customer. Think about your marketing bridge. Think about correcting all of those things 
and then putting out a positive message uh, that gets somebody to know, like, and trust you rather than just thinking about your, your bottom of the final sale conversions. Uh, and I think you're going to have a much stronger 2021. And as it, uh, this goes back, I don't know, a month or two ago, maybe we were discussing on the show some data that I found uh, about customer behavior during COVID. And uh, I forget the exact percentages, but the vast majority of people right now were showing a very high level of increased brand uh, affinity or brand loyalty is another way to think about it. Meaning they were sticking with their, with their people. They weren't going and trying to find other people, other um, companies in order to fill those needs. They were going with the ones that they had. If you went to the store and you bought a certain kind of orange juice, you were not going to get the other orange juice. You were sticking with your brand, et cetera, et cetera. And so what that means is it's harder right now to take away customers from other brands and take away more market share than it ever has been. So only con only convert or trying to convert on a short-term window, on a, on a bottom of the funnel type strategy, you're really, even now, you're minimizing your pool of, of potential customers considerably. Uh, and then take that into consideration, you know, everything that's going on right now in the world and how distracted people are. And uh, people are missing a whole grand opportunity out there in order to build brand for the long term, in order to combat some of these things that you're, that you're discussing here, Miles, uh, with how they're going to be at a dis disadvantage technologically. Right. And I, I think that um, setting up these kinds of things, setting up your own website and, um, you know, making it a little bit more than what I normally call a, an online business card. It just says, here I am. Here's how to find me. Here's my phone number. Here's how to contact me. Basically, that's that, that's it. Basic information about you. And that's great. That's where a lot of businesses are. Um, and honestly, that's that's as much as a lot of them need. But um, stepping past that and turning your website into something more functional, something that does allow you to communicate more directly with your audience, uh, to engage with them in a more meaningful way, um, and to uh, retain more control over that um, that funnel of communication can be a little bit, um, I don't know if intimidating is really the right word, but um, a little bit daunting. It's a, it's a bit of a project, and especially if you're not um, super tech savvy or you haven't really touched your website in a long time, um, that can be yeah, a, a little bit daunting of a task. But um, good news is the technologies allowing people to build websites have progressed along with all of the other technologies that we talked about here just as fast as as uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and as well as, as, as voice search and Alexa and all these other technologies we talk about every week here. Um, so there's a lot of ways to accomplish that. Pretty much any platform that you're on now, whether you have a... Uh, a, a custom coded site, you're working with a developer to make that happen. They have tools at their disposal in, in order to get you this online community um, in order to um, extend the functionality of your site. Or if you have a, a WordPress site, there's tons of membership opportunities there to build that out. Um, and it has a lot of stuff built into the platform itself to help you to um, effectively create content distributed amongst your uh, your followers, your audience, um, all the way down to you know those DIY website builders. If you're doing a Wix site, um, you know they're starting to really put in some of this stuff as as well, and membership-based stuff, um, blogging stuff, and starting to really extend that. Um, those capabilities. Now, across the board, as I've always said, with all those things, there's a there's a time and place for all of those different platforms. Um, some of them are a little bit easier up front, a little bit less of a learning curve, but they're not as extensible, and you just you can't do as much with them. And some of them take a little bit longer to get used to, uh, a little bit more tech savvy, or maybe a little bit of outside help to really get up and going. Uh, but man, you can do you can just fly with those things. They're so powerful. Um, so make sure to pick the right technology and the right platform for you. But regardless of where you are, start looking into the options for extending your website past the online business card and really leveraging it to engage with your audience, to capture your audience, and to move that um, that brand that you've built off of that rented land and onto something that you own and that you control. That's going to be my tip yeah, there. That's that's where that's where we started this discussion, Miles. Thanks for bringing it back full, full circle. Uh, All the way around. 
Yeah, I think that that's really important. Um, you know, and again, this does not replace the experience that somebody's going to have in real life with you. This, you know, and I, I think that that's an important distinction that uh, that we need, to, we we at least need to, to address. You know, a lot of people think about this as an and or. I go back to the uh, the really strange article I saw in our local newspaper a few months ago, where there was a local retailer and. You know, he's basically saying, you know, he wasn't ever going to have an online store because he was was only pro retail. And, you know, like the two things like couldn't coexist with one another or something. <laughs> and uh, it just struck me as like, wow, people have that frame of mind. I need to I need to think about this from from that point of view a little bit. Uh, but this is an and this is an and and not an and or. Right. This is just an, an add on. But it's so important because even if we weren't in times of COVID, uh, even if we weren't, you know, uh, had, had restricted, you know, our interact with, interaction with people uh, physically, you know, there, speed always wins, right? And convenience always wins, as, we, as we've found and we've talked about a lot on this show. And so that's why you always want to give somebody the option in order to contact you to do business with you on a deeper level. Than you can with just a, a regular, you know, front-facing website, and give them that kind of, uh, I guess, back-end access, if you will, in order to really have an experience with your brand, with your company, uh, without having to go in and and to do it physically. But then on the flip side of that, when we do go and have a physical experience, it needs to even be another step above that, and that goes, you know, into into more of the marketing bridge discussion that we had yesterday, and making sure that not only your marketing message but also now your online message or your online experience or user experience also matches up with the brand and the image and, the, and everything that you want to portray experience and so back in the Mad Men days you know uh, when the marketing bridge was was written they were just thinking about it in terms, in terms of two folds your marketing message and the in-person message and now there's a whole third layer to that and all of those things have to be succinct, and all of those things have to be uh, geared towards reverse engineering what the customer wants, not what you want, and providing value and getting them to know like and trust you through each stage of, of that experience. Yeah, well, um, just want to back this up a little bit and say if anyone here wants to uh, you know, jump in the conversation, we kind of touched on a whole lot of topics there real fast, hopefully something valuable in there. Uh, but if you want to jump in the conversation, you have any questions, maybe you've tried starting an online community or doing some sort of membership-based thing, uh, or you want to talk about um, you know, restrictions of social media and how that's affecting things, you got any questions on any of that, please throw that in the comments. This is supposed to be a, a live conversation, live Q&A with you. So uh, feel free to put your questions in the comments. We're live streaming to Facebook uh, as well as our YouTube channel. So uh, pick your poison there. Um, you can also email us if you're catching this later. Email, email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Um, and we'll get back to your questions next week as we're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11. All right. Uh, with that out of the way, we got another question over here. Uh, slightly related, but I think we're going to move a little bit into the Facebook ads realm here. Um, so I'll, I'll pitch this one over to you, Mike. Have Facebook ads gotten more expensive? I'm guessing that's in the in the context of everything going on right now and more people advertising online. Uh, but you know, maybe you can take that at a couple of different points. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll answer that in two in two ways. We'll we'll go short term and long term, uh, or micro and macro. Uh, in the micro, yes, Facebook ads are crazy expensive right now. Um, it, it's it's you know. I, quadrupled, at least tripled uh, over the last six weeks or so. Uh, this happens every four years. Uh, you know, we have a, a major election uh, and we have fourth quarter uh, spending happening all at once. So every fourth quarter in October and November, of course, all the major brands, all the major retailers, they bulk up their advertising spins uh, because Black Friday is coming, right? The, and, uh, Cyber Monday and Christmas and et cetera, et cetera, right? It's the biggest uh, shopping time of the year. It's uh, 
Black Friday, as I'm sure everybody knows, is literally the, the call back because that's when most of those companies, retail companies, would actually become in the black. They'd be in the red uh, for, for 10 and a half months uh, and, and until this time of year came. And so this is the this is biggest spending time from Labor Day until Christmas uh, on all these platforms. But Facebook uh, gets especially hard hit uh, because, it, you know, it's, it's the big behemoth. Uh, and so, yeah, we're seeing, uh, I mean, I've heard, I, I'm personally seeing high rates, but I've heard people say crazy numbers that luckily I haven't seen in our campaigns. But uh, some of my other fellow agents slash uh, Facebook uh, people uh, are, are crying in our in our groups and things like that right now because they're seeing crazy numbers. So what does this mean? Um, a little bit, you know, what I was talking about before is if you don't have to, you know, go out and, and try to get uh, conversions right now, it's a great time to either, you know, pull back a little bit or uh, spend money on branding and spend money on, on not doing bottom, bottom of the funnel conversions and things like that. Uh, but most of the companies, they don't have that luxury. They have to keep uh, spending money right now. And so, of course, you always want to be smart with your money. You want to double down with things that are working, uh, get rid of the things that aren't. But the biggest thing you have to uh, just, you know, suck it up right now. Uh, suck it up and just wait, you know, basically, uh, because the cheapest time of the year to run Facebook ads is coming up right after Christmas. So, you know, somebody may say, oh, okay, well, why don't I just stop my Facebook ads, uh, you know, skip this portion and then start them back up uh, in January or right after Christmas or something like that. Probably not a good decision, uh, you know, for, I'd say, 80% of businesses out there. Uh, for maybe 20% of businesses, that might work. Um, if you're really just in a place where you need to, you can not take, uh, you can take first quarter off. Uh, but this is where it gets tricky, because if we remember, uh, going back to just, you know, some of our, our more traditional marketing and advertising discussions that we've had on the show, uh, unless it's a really short-term thing, uh, which which most buying things most buying decisions are not you need to talk to your audience at least 60 90 days before they actually do what you want them to do so if i want somebody to do something in the first quarter i really need to be talking to them now that's why uh back to school you know they start talking to people in in january or excuse me june uh christmas they start talking to people in september and october right because they want to move you all the way down through that funnel right at the perfect time where they need you to buy something. So the thing, the problem with Facebook ads is you can't just pause them and then turn them back on and off. Uh, I wish you could, you know, I mean, you can, <laughs> it's just not recommended because it's not how the algorithm works. It's not how the, the pixel works. It's not how the optimization of a campaign works. And so a lot of times when you stop something, especially for a few months, you're really just starting over. And if you've invested a lot of time and money into a campaign, you have a really great pickle working, you have a lot of people that you've reached, and then you're you're turning that off, it, it, it a lot of times can be like starting from, from scratch or starting way back from where you were. It's like climbing a hill and then rolling back halfway and then start climbing again. It's not a very good way to climb a hill. Uh, the other thing, you know, even not tech or related here, is that sleep is the great eraser. And sleep makes people uh, forget, you know, uh, that's just a scientific fact. And so if you are taking time off, and this goes, even if you're doing radio, print, whatever kind of advertising, if you take time off for not talking to your customer, they forget about you. They lose that top of mind awareness. That three inch playing field is not being attacked. And other people are coming in and attack it. Other brands are coming in and attack it, et cetera, et cetera. You are not. Uh, remember that, you know, back in the day, the average American saw 5,000 advertising messages a day for branding messages, logos, et cetera, et cetera. Today, it's probably two or three times that. So there is a huge war on uh, for that three-inch playing field across the customer's mind. And so it's not a good decision uh, to take these time off for most companies. Again, sometimes that does make sense. Uh, some companies, they have nothing to do with fourth and first quarter and all of their big businesses in second and third quarter and so yeah take off this time build up your budget for second and third quarter and then start attacking in first quarter on that um 
Okay, I know I went way into too much detail there, Miles. So I'll bring it back to the big picture now. <laughs> you can throw up a white flag. Um, but here's the big picture thing that I, I wanted to bring home because this is something that, you know, again, it feels like we've been harping on this for five, seven, ten years, probably way before Miles and I even met each other. We were, we were at least I know I was harping on this. Um, is that, you know, I've been telling small businesses for years and years and years that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity in order to advertise on a platform like Facebook for the money that it costs. And, you know, I'm not saying those times are completely gone because I still think it's an extremely valuable platform. And I think for the, what you can accomplish on it, it is probably the most bang for the buck platform out there for most businesses. However, it's going to get more expensive and it has been getting more expensive every single quarter, every single year for years and years and years and years. And the reason is because the big players, the Fortune 500 players, are figuring out the recipe. They figured out how all of these direct-to-consumer brands have risen up overnight, built huge brands on Facebook and Instagram, and are now taking giant market share from them. And they're not laughing anymore about it, right? They used to just laugh about it. <laughs> Look at Warby Parker and you know, all these other direct-to-consumer brands. Now they're not laughing because these are major players in their industry that have taken major, major chunks of market share from them. And so now they've studied the model and they've said, huh, well, maybe we should have our own e-commerce website. Maybe we should run Facebook ads and maybe we should do direct to consumer as well. Right. And so here they are starting to play ball. And so as we know, this whole, all these platforms, not just Facebook are built on simple supply and demand inventory. And the more people who want to buy the inventory, the higher the price goes up. And the more people who have daddy Warbucks type budgets that spend money on the platform, the price goes way back up. So Facebook is never going to be as cheap as it was. You're always going to have to keep innovating. You're always going to have to keep, uh, as I said before, going on offense with these tools and not relying on playing defense with them and thinking, oh, I'm just going to get handed this, these amazing things. No, you're going to get left behind by the people who can spend more than you, already have a huge platform, already have huge budgets, a brand, et cetera, et cetera. So going back to uh, what's the most important thing that most people should be focused on in 2021, building a brand. I think that's the answer to the question. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got another question in the chat over here uh, with Facebook. How often should a business post? Um, I'll I'll start with that and then uh, toss that over to our our genius marketer here. Um, I think that unfortunately this is another one where let's, let's just say <laughs> let's just say above average. Let's... He's he's functional mostly. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this is something that's going to vary industry by industry, business by business. Um, kind of what we were talking about last week, um, where I'd said, uh, you know, pick your platform, the one that you're most comfortable with, because that's going to be the one where you're um, you're most naturally going to put out quality content more regularly. You're going to be less stressed about creating it. And you're going to probably put something out that makes a little bit more sense. Um, so make sure that you are picking the right platform, picking the right tools. Um, and then maybe you won't have to worry about exactly how often you're putting something out. Um, I would say if you go, are going to do some sort of schedule and you want to decide, you know what, I'm going to put out a blog post, I'm going to put out a Facebook post, I'm going to put out a tweet, whatever it is, uh, once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever it is, um, you know, pick that schedule and then stick to it. Uh, be regular on it, be reliable, um, put it out roughly the same time, roughly the same day, um, per whatever cycle you choose uh, if you want to put this out you know one uh, one blog post a week uh, then always drop it five uh, Friday at three or whatever it is um, and you can play with that um, that drop time and figure out what's most effective to you early on but once you kind of get something you get in the rhythm of it keep it going keep it regular um, and that's not just on the human side I'll let I'll probably let Mike take the human side um, I'm I'm really more on the machine side of everything over here. Algorithms really like to see that. Um, whether you're talking 
Facebook algorithms for your posts or uh, Google search algorithms if you're writing a blog on your own website. They like to see that regular content coming out because that's something that they can predict. Um, and if they see that coming out, they realize that you are a uh, you're an active business, you're an active uh, creator of content, and most likely you're going to continue to do this. You're going to continue to follow this pattern. They like patterns. Computers love patterns. Uh, not too different from people, but more specifically, uh, computers, algorithms, they like these patterns. They like the reliability of those patterns, and the more you hold to it, the more they're going to rank you well. Um, so pretty much whatever you pick, stick to your guns and keep doing it. Even if you're not getting traction right off the bat, um, even if it doesn't appear to be working right away, stick with it for uh, you know a couple of weeks, couple of months, and really keep putting this content out there regularly. Um, I'd also say don't overtax yourself. Um, say if you're writing a blog and maybe you're not the best writer in the world, this is something new for you. Uh, don't sign yourself up for writing a daily blog post because that's just going to stress you out, and you're not going to hold to it or and or I'll say, uh, you're gonna start putting out crappy content. Uh, so put out something realistic for you and for your business, and that can be kind of dependent on you, your personality, the platform, the technology, and the medium of your choice. Uh, but yeah, this is some of this probably overlaps to the human side of things, uh, but Mike, I'll, I'll let you take that. Um, okay. How yeah, often well, should someone be posting? Before I answer that, can I just say that also, don't confuse making a blog post with doing anything related to selling. <laughs> That's a little bit of an inside joke there between Max and I. But <laughs> creating a blog post is not a lead generation campaign. Okay. Uh, Facebook. No, content creation. I'm, I'm sticking with content creation over there, but no, that's, that's know, definitely a different just, level of the funnel here. We, sorry, far, sorry for the inside joke. We, we had somebody suggest to us that that's how they were going to do handle their lead generation was creating blog posts. So, Anyhow, back to Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm just going to let, let that one hang out there. That's a big matzo ball. Um, how often should a business post? Jeff, it, they should post as much as they can. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's my honest answer. Um, is Facebook, can you, can you get results like you could on Facebook from, from doing posting like, like you could before? Hell no, right? And so that, that's why people don't maybe post as much, you know, anymore as they, as they don't think it's worth it. But look, if you have a thousand people following your page, you know, and you're making decent posts and you're putting pictures in there and you're tagging places and you're putting videos and things like that that you should be in order to get the algorithm's attention, you're going to get three or 400 people probably to see it. It's free awareness. Why wouldn't you? You know, should it be the focus of our strategy or anything like that? No. You know, it, it should be an, an add-on, a nice-to-have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it doesn't cost anything except your time. Uh, but here's the other thing, you know, as I wouldn't also put a bunch of pressure on myself, you know, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't make that the focus of my strategy. I wouldn't sit there and, and just bang my head into the table and say, I got to get a Facebook post out today, you know, and cause, cause that, what that's going to do is just, you're going to start putting out crap. Um, so, you know, again, keep the focus on, on the audience, on the consumer, reverse engineer what they want to talk about what they want to hear about uh what can provide value to them what can get uh, them to know like and trust you and then post when you have that kind of content um so while i say post as often as you can you know you can post three times a day uh or or so you know more than that probably uh you don't feel like you have to because it's not going to be a make or break type of a thing for you either way but again you never know you know, and this is the thing I love about making posts on Facebook is that it's a great way to test things, you know, because you never know. You could you put out 10 pieces of content and nine of them could be crap. One of them could be great. But if you only put out five pieces of content, you never got to the other five. You never found the one that was one was great. See what I'm saying? You sell yourself short. So 
put out content because even if it's bad, not everybody's going to see it. <laughs> and then if you stumble on something that's really great, well then, hey, there you go. And then turn that into a paid ad or something that's going to go onto another platform. You know, maybe that we can then repurpose that on LinkedIn where more people uh, might be able to see it organically or something like that. So you're not going to get penalized for posting on Facebook, but it's also not something that you can really, you know, attribute often to moving the needle in your business. So maybe we should reframe, you know, there's not a really a right or wrong. As go ahead. Post as often as you can is not, you know, post as often as possible. Because you could just put out something every minute and that's not going to be algorithm hacking. That's that's not helpful. Sure. As much as you can means with the caveats of you know, putting out something that's actually worth reading, putting out some some content that you you actually like, that's actually good for you, that's that's quality, um, and is dependent on your skill set for for content creation and the platform that you're on. Um, so it is kind of dependent on on you and your skill set and your motivation level and and your uh, your capabilities, the platform that you're on, your your business, all of that. But uh, yeah, go as go as often as you can with that caveat of you know don't sacrifice quality for quantity necessarily um yeah, and then and, one and, other thing i wanted to throw on here maybe this is just an extra variable in the conversation that you can take um and that is i think there's a little bit more but uh, maybe too much focus on posting and putting out content when these are social networks you have to get out there and be social so don't undervalue going out and engaging with other people other businesses in your community that's not just a direct post it's not creating content and shouting it out there to to uh, to your audience it's going out there and engaging with someone commenting on someone else's post liking and sharing their posts they've already done the work of creating something and maybe that means they'll like and share and comment your stuff later there's there's sort of a give and take there and a social element that i think some people kind of forget about when they just get this tunnel vision of got to post got to post got to post like no there's there's content out there. There's there's material out there already. You just got to go around and swim around in a little in it for a little while and engage with people and be social. And then uh-huh. another side of that is you know create your own little corner of the world and put that out there for people to engage with. But don't don't forget the purpose of the platform. Yeah, that's a great point, Miles. I I think I heard one of the um, what was that lady from? Maybe she was a executive of Facebook actually say one time at a conference that those type of posts, they actually, uh, the algorithm likes those posts. Uh, you know, if you share somebody else's stuff or, or, um, or like I said, tagging, you know, other people, uh, yeah, I can really give you a, a boost in the algorithm as well. It's just, it's just great marketing. I mean, I think that that's, that should be probably, you know, 20% of what people are, are putting out there is, uh, you know, their posting uh, is not about themselves at all but about other people, uh, other organizations, uh, their, uh, their customers, their fans, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then, yeah, and then engaging on, on the platform is extremely important. Uh, it, it, it's other than, yeah, other than putting out meaningful content, it's probably the second most important thing that you could do is engaging uh, with other people who are putting out meaningful content as well. And, uh, you know, and adding your, uh, your two cents of goodness, you know, positivity uh, to what they're doing. Uh, but I, but before you, you said that, I, I wanted to tie this back into something you mentioned at the very beginning um, and, and then tie this back into Jeff's question. And that was uh, Facebook groups. And I know that we've, we've discussed this several times on the show here and there, but I'll plug it again. I think that that's one of the best tools out there right now uh, for, for a business to do all of this. Uh, to not only post things that will get seen, because if 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 I'm in a group, if I follow a business's page, but I'm also in their their group, the amount of posts that I will see from the group compared to the page, uh, it's night and day. It's probably two or three to one. You know, the algorithm who, excuse me, the algorithm boasts ah, boosts posts from groups. Say that ten times fast, more than it does from a business or an organization's page. And so if, again, you know, if, if I'm going to be posting organically, that's something that I'm definitely going to spend some time on, especially if I have already spent the time, which we all should be. Uh, speaking of this, 
Miles, we, we should probably do this ourselves. <laughs> it's one thing that we haven't taken our own advice on. One of the few things we haven't taken our own advice on. Uh, if I spent the time to build a Facebook group to an appropriate amount, uh, then you know, not only am I going to see get my posting, but I'm hopefully going to get a lot of back and forth and a lot of things happening uh, within that space between the, not me, but my hopefully my customers or my prospective customers or people that follow me. And, and, and when you get that type of a community happening, that's super, super powerful. And I think that that's one of the most powerful things uh, that Facebook offers now is the ability to build that community uh, on the platform. But then, as Miles was saying at the beginning of the show, to take it an even a step farther is then transferring that community uh, over to something like a membership-based website um, where you can take that where you can have end-to-end -end control. Um, so. Yeah, and, and and that's and I can't remember if I mentioned this the other day, Jeff, when you asked me, I giving you, I was giving you the example of Tom Woods, but he does this. He has he has a private uh, member only into the group, uh, and so that can be another level of monetizing your audience, where then you're getting you're giving. He has another group public, and he has a private group, and only certain things go into the private group. So. Another way that you can, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, offer access as a way to monetize a group. So that's all I had on that last. Good stuff. Good sure. stuff. All right. So we're coming to the end of our show here today, coming up on an hour. I know we got some other client meetings coming up here and uh, on the hour. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but this has been Ask Wildman. My name's Miles. Uh, next to me, Mike. I guess this way. I'm not sure which way, which side I'm on. One of these sides is Mike. Um, and we are on here uh, live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube channel uh, every week, every Wednesday at 11 to answer your questions. Any questions about technology, business, marketing, or anything else you want to talk to us about. Um, so if you're catching this later, you can email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. I do have that. Um, address scrolling below us here, but uh, we'll try to get to your questions next week. Uh, thank you for everyone who watched today and for uh, engaging and sending us your questions. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Mike, thank you very much. Pleasure as always, Miles. Everybody have a prosperous week. All right. I got to find a quicker way to shut down this show. Well, you get the, the Miles solo act here for just a moment. Okay, so we'll be on here next Wednesday at 11. In the meantime, send us your questions and uh, like and share this video because we are doing this as a, a resource to our community, trying to answer as many questions as possible. Uh, if you want to learn more, you can go to our website, wildmanweb.com. We've got an entire article section here uh, linked below um, and uh, some good articles there just starting to learn about um, SEO, digital marketing, et cetera. So check that out if you want to learn more or just come back to our show and ask us some questions. Uh, but that's it, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. <laughs>